You're listening to Off the Clock Sports. Off the Clock Sports. The weekly show where you'll hear the best insights on all the latest in sports. Here's your host, Brandon Cook. Brandon Cook. All right, welcome into episode number 76 of Off the Clock Sports. Brandon Cook and Troy Almeida here with you. Troy, welcome back to the show, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, it's kind of a... 2020 has been kind of a roller coaster, man. It's uh, it's quite a year for for a lot of people. Obviously, we've seen some tragic things happen this year. Obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic has been, you know, kind of a, a life changer for a lot of people. But there's obviously one issue... Uh, going on right now in the world and obviously we'd like to start out by offering our condolences uh, to George Floyd and his family and his friends down in Minnesota and we're praying for the people of Minnesota uh, right now through this difficult time but um, I thought it was important for us I know we are a sports podcast and we're going to talk about the NHL today um, but I feel, felt like it was important I know you felt it was important to, to you know briefly touch on what's going on right now uh, especially in the United States with all the protests, all the riots and everything going on, um, you know, people standing up against racism, racism. And I just want to say that we at off the clock sports are with you. Um, we send our condolences, like I said, to George Floyd and his family, his friends or anyone who knew him closely. Um, there's no place in this world for racism. Um, you know, police brutality is a real issue. It's been an issue for a long time. And obviously we know that, you know, someone like Colin Kaepernick was kind of standing up against this when he played in the NFL years ago and has since been kind of blackballed by the owners and not receiving a contract extension. But all I want to say is, you know, me as a white person, um, I will do better. I will be better. Um, You know, your voices need to be heard. We need to be better as human beings and we need to treat people the same and with respect. Uh, It doesn't matter the color of your skin or your background. And, you know, we here at Off the Clock Sports believe that. And, you know, we're going to be better, and I can promise you that. And, you know, like I said, we just send our thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by this tragedy, and we will be better. And that's what I want to say about that. That was very short and brief, I know. But, I mean, just praying for everyone involved in this situation, playing, praying for George Floyd's family, and just want to say that we will be better as human beings. And, uh, Troy, I don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit, but go ahead if you do. Yeah, I'll touch on it a little bit. Uh, I think you covered pretty much all of it. Um, I think it's very important that we uh, definitely acknowledge of what's going on in the world right now, especially um, with a pandemic going on and uh, now all these riots because of uh, the police officer that killed an innocent uh, black man. Um, So I think it is important to mention it. And of course, condolences go out to his family and um, everyone around the world that's affected by this because it's not just the United Mm -hmm. States, it's worldwide. Um, yep. riots going on. Uh, so uh, the police brutality, brutality brutality has to stop for sure. It's been, like you said, an issue for a long, long time. Unfortunately, it's not going to go away overnight. Um, but this is a this is the biggest reaction in our lifetime by far for a situation like this. And this has happened numerous times um, in the last, you know, 30, 40 years. But this is, the, this is a big one. Um, this is just as big as the Rodney King, King incident in the early nineties, if this, if not bigger, because now with social media, everyone's got a camera, you know, this was recorded on a person's cell phone. It went viral and the world basically just blew up about it. And rightfully yeah. so this is getting, you know, we're in 2020, this is getting out of control now. Um, yeah. You know, I can't believe that we're still talking about this, you know, this racism and, 
um, Black Lives Matter. Like I didn't, you know, it's, it's absurd that we still have to make aware of that. You know, it, it, they should have every right we do. Um, I don't understand, the, you know, some people the way they think, and uh, you know, they gotta they have a they gotta have a reality check at some at some point because this is getting out of control. But uh, um, thoughts and prayers to all the people involved, and uh, good for them for sticking up for uh, their elders and all their friends and family by protesting. Uh, the right way, um, you know, trashing your own city to me doesn't really make any sense, but um, that's neither, neither here nor there. But, but the, the main point of getting across is, uh, you know, enough is enough. And we as human beings need to be better, for sure. Yep. And shout out to, you know, any athlete or, you know, icon or famous person that has stood up and, you know, used their voice and made it heard. You know, I've seen posts from like athletes like Ovechkin, like Alexander Ovechkin has made a statement. Uh, I know I've seen Tom Brady with a tweet. I've seen Messi and Ronaldo with tweets. I've seen Floyd Mayweather uh, come out and say that he will pay for George Floyd's funeral. And there's obviously good people out there, athletes who are making their voices heard. And I mean, there are good people in this world and that shows through a time like this. And it's very unfortunate though, that we have to go through times like these. Um, especially with a pandemic going on. And uh, it's just really sad that we live in a world where this stuff happens. And, you know, hopefully at some point we can put an end to racism and an end to police brutality and an end to abuse to innocent people or anyone for that matter. Um, that, Cause you know, there's just no place in this world for any of that. So hopefully we can get to a time and people can make a difference where we don't have to deal with situations like these much longer. Cause it's very, very difficult to see this happen to a lot to anyone. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we are, you know, we're the future, our generation, we're in our young twenties. We're you know, starting to have kids and we can educate, educate our kids so that when they grow up, they don't know a world that ever had racism. You know um, we got to, you know, stop the trend and, uh, and end this. It, this. It's our time to end this where it's up to us. You know, because the people that, you know, that uh, went through slavery hundreds of years ago have, have long passed, but all their, you know, their grandkids, grandkids, grandkids are now here and they're involved in these protests. Mm-hmm. So um, we got to make a difference. And these protests hopefully will make that difference. And, uh, you know, like what Colin Kaepernick uh, was trying to do a couple of years ago, this is, this is, this is it right here. And LeBron James, I think, was the one that posted a picture of the police officer kneeling on uh, George Floyd's neck. And then the picture beside it was uh, Colin Kaepernick kneeling and said, this is why. And that picture speaks a thousand volumes. And this helps Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick's case 100%, in my opinion. You know, this could open up doors for him in the NFL, which is insane to think that something like this has to happen for him to get a job. But, you know, this is very possible. And... uh, you know, Colin, good for Colin Kaepernick. I've been, I've always stood up for him. I think he's what he's stood, like what he's trying to do is incredible. And it takes a lot of guts because he's lost his job over it. But if you look at the big picture, football is a game. He's looking at it in, you know, humanity's sake and he's doing a great job. So um, props, to, props to him. Cause he's stuck with, he's been sticking with this basically from day one. And yeah. uh, he's been, you know, with the kneeling and everything and, him, you know, teams have off, you know, offered him a contract and said, well, you can't kneel. And he said, well, no, you know, I'm going to stand up for what's right. And uh, by taking the knee, that's what he thinks is the right thing to do. And right now in the world we live in, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. So we guys as human beings have to be better, have to be better. 
And absolutely, and I can assure that you and I and everyone here will uh, will be, and hopefully everyone does their part. So, we'll, like I said, thoughts and prayers to George Floyd and his family and his friends and people affected by this tragedy. And you know, hopefully, along with the other citizens of the world, we can all be better. But today, man, here's where we want to talk about. Um, the NHL, Gary Bettman, has announced a return-to-play plan, and it sounds like there's going to be 24 teams in the playoffs. So it looks like Detroit, Ottawa, the California teams, Buffalo and New Jersey are all going to have their seasons end short due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I think with those teams though, there's a lot of clarity for them that their seasons are over and they can now solely focus on, I mean, excluding San Jose, obviously, but Ottawa, Detroit, you know, LA, um, Buffalo, New Jersey can all set their sights on the draft Anaheim as well and focus on the top six or seven players in that draft. You know, Alexis Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield, Cole Perfetti, and those guys, um, they can now solely set their sights on having Zoom interviews with those guys, getting to know those players, and hopefully selecting one of those guys to further better their franchise in the fall. So I think for the teams, the six teams that are done, yeah, it sucks your season's over. Yeah, it sucks, you know, the way the season went. But I think it offers a lot of clarity um, for next season for those franchises to get that player that they hope will make their franchise better. You know, a team like Ottawa, teams like Detroit, the Kings as well, like the Los Angeles Kings that are hoping to get Alexis Lafreniere with the first overall pick or even Quentin Byfield at number two. Um, I think it offers a lot of clarity. So I think for those teams, it's not a totally lost situation. As for the 24-team tournament, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, you're going to have the top four seeds in each conference play for seeding. So it looks like it's going to be like a three-game setup. So Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia in the east. St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas in the west. So those four teams in each conference will play for one, two, three, and four seeding. And then they will await a best-of-five series between the five to 12 seeds in each conference. And then we will go right into a best of seven, four round playoff format, which is what we are normally used to after that. And let me just say this. It's nice to see a situation now with the COVID-19 pandemic going on, where we have a scenario where sports are trying to make a return after they were ultimately shut down in March. It's nice to see that we're getting to a place, even if there are no fans in the stands, and maybe it's not as energetic to watch on TV that there will hopefully in the near future be sports on television. It sounds like the NBA could be on its way back. MLB is still in talks to have a season, but with the NHL proposing this return to play format, you know, having players vote on it, having teams agree to support this and to have hockey return, hopefully in July, it sounds like July 10th will be, kind of when players will start to make their way back to facilities and start like a training camp process where they get back into the swing of things. Um, I don't know about you, but it was kind of nice to see Gary Bettman on that zoom call talking about the return to play, having hockey potentially back on television, having fans watching the game, especially in Canada that we know we all love and to have something back and get somewhat back to, I don't want to say a normal place, but more normal than what we've been experiencing the last three months with the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for having the NHL come back or any sport come back for that matter, as long as there it's a safe way to do so. And the protocol, I believe they want to do like 25 to 30,000 tests or something crazy 
um, by the end of the uh, uh, the playoffs. So they're doing their part. Uh, Dana White has continued with the UFC basically the entire time. He only had to cancel a couple of events uh, or replace some fighters because they couldn't fight. But he's been going forward with it. No fans doing tests, uploading videos of him doing tests. Um, so the UFC has continued. They haven't really had any issues. The WWE, I think, had one or two issues, you know, but they have no fans. So they're doing their best. And overall, it's been basically working. Um, as far as the NHL, uh, with no fans, I think they have to do that. I think we're going to be in a world now where sports is going to have no fans for a, for a while, unfortunately. Um, there's nothing like a live sporting event. You know, we have been to hundreds of them and they are a riot. But, yep. you know, we're talking about an, an illness that is so unpredictable and can kill you or, you know, you might not even know you have it. So uh, with um, with the MLB, same thing. Uh, they're proposing a season. But the NHL, um, you know, I like the fact that Gary Bettman is, you know, he's trying. He's trying his best to bring it back. He knows that he's got a lot of heat. Um, if something goes wrong. Uh, but this is very interesting for a lot of teams that, you know, wouldn't have made the playoffs. You know, this is their second chance to, you know, upset or, um, you know, just shock everybody, you know, like uh, like a team like Montreal. Like the Montreal Canadiens have no business being in the playoffs this year because they're basically a 500 team. But they're a weird team that could potentially knock out Pittsburgh. You know, it, it, you don't really know what's going to happen. So. I think that it's a good idea. I think as long as they do it safe, that's all we can ask for. And in, in like you said, something live on TV that's current instead of watching all these older games that they've been playing on Sportsnet and TSN or ESPN. Um, it would be great to see something live, something to look forward to on the weekend to watch again or even throughout the week. Because uh, basically since March, there hasn't been a heck of a lot going on other than UFC. Soccer's finally starting up in Europe. Uh, the German league has been going for a couple of weeks now. La Liga um, is starting up in a couple of weeks as well. So, you know, things are coming back gradually, but uh, yep. just no fans. So it's going to be a little weird, but it's better than nothing. So, yeah, I can only watch the Stanley Cup finals from last year or like five years ago or the Super Bowl so many from times, 10 years yeah. ago, so many times before I'm kind of just like, okay, enough's enough. I need the, yeah. you, know, you kind of want the real thing back. And as for the no fans thing, I mean, it's going to suck. I love nothing more than going to a baseball game in the summer. I love nothing more than going to a Leafs game on a Saturday. You know, I love going to the States to watch the NFL. I've been to five NFL games in my life and I love it. But it's just the reality of the situation is we can't do that right now. And yeah. I'm, I'm willing to accept that if we can have even no fans in the stands, if we can have uh, sports back on television. Now, obviously, the big thing, like you mentioned, is the testing and the safety of the players, which I think is still an ongoing issue. I don't think with this return to play format that Gary Bettman has come out and said that we are coming back. We are going to play games like, you know, he never yeah. he never came out and said we are back. We are going to play games and we will award the Stanley Cup. This is just kind of a return to play format in the event that everything else goes right. So he did a good job in his conference to not say that they are back, that this is kind of tentative, that this is in place. Should we be able to go? And hopefully they are able to go. Obviously, like I said, the, the safety of the players and the testing is going to be probably the two biggest issues that they have to have to kind of lay out because they've all, from what I understand, they've all gotten their, their salaries for the year. Players don't mm -hmm. normally get paid in the playoffs. I mean, if they have playoff bonuses in their contracts, then that's a different story. But 
they're normally not getting paid throughout the playoffs either or anyway so that so that won't really be an issue I don't think with the money as it is for Major League Baseball right now with their Mm -hmm. ongoing discussions so to see that hockey potentially coming back is a is a big plus it's great for sports fans and hockey fans to have something back on television but there are still issues that they're going to have to iron out and I don't think it's necessarily a done deal right now they could just ultimately at some point in the next month or so if things don't go right, they could potentially ultimately probably just cancel the season and look to the fall to restart back up and have a normal 82 game season next, next year in October. So this is not completely, completely in the clear yet that they're going to do this. But what I want to do today as well is I want to kind of talk about the top four teams in each conference. And then I kind of want to talk about the teams that we could potentially see shock the world, I guess. Like a team mm-hmm. that could come in that has kind of gotten in the back end of the playoffs that kind of benefited from the 24-team setup as opposed to the 16-team setup that we're normally used to seeing. So do you like the way that they have set this up for the top four seeds in each conference? I know a team like St. Louis, you know, a team like Boston or Tampa Bay and Colorado probably don't love the way that this has been set up because a team like Boston or St. Louis could potentially see – themselves go from the one seed all the way down to the four seed are they not able to win a few of these games but do you like the way that they have set this up so that you know these teams that potentially could have still climbed the standings a little bit kind of get that second opportunity to do so or do you think that they should have just went right into that best of five and or should they have completely done another format should they have just canceled the season for the non-playoff teams and just gone right to the one to eight seed yeah, I, if it was me, um, I would have probably did the one to eight seed the way it used to be and just go from there. However, this is really interesting uh, in the sense that there's definitely teams now that are in the playoffs um, that really wouldn't have been there if this pandemic didn't happen. You know, like teams like Montreal, uh, the Rangers, uh, what else we got here in the West, like Vancouver may, might not have there. I think they were just just clawing in there. Chicago, Chicago definitely Chicago. Would not have been in the playoffs. Arizona was a little bit on the outside, but there's a lot of teams that yeah. were kind of close. Like a couple teams were only two or three points out of a playoff spot. Like the Rangers, very easily could have made a case that they were still. In. I think Florida was only three points or so back of the Leafs. I mean, there yeah. was still teams in that picture. So I think for them, it was kind of fair. But I think teams like Chicago and even quite frankly, if I'm being honest, Montreal, I think had no business being here. <laughs> Well, exactly. Um, that's kind of what I'm getting at, and it's and that's and that's the other thing. It's it gives those teams, you know, how do you say, a fair chance. I guess it's kind of I can understand if you're if you're the Boston Bruins and you're just like, okay, well, this isn't really fair to us necessarily, um, just because we you know we dominate the league basically, and we could be out of the playoffs just because we potentially might not win against these top teams back to back. So I, I get it. I get it from their view. Um, it's the same thing in the West for Colorado. Uh, I, I'm, it's, it's really, it's really hard to, to, to how would else would you do it if it's not one to eight? Like it's this format. I'm sure they went over it, you know, for hours and hours, like how are we going to make this fair for everybody? You know, but at the same time, you know, this is a very unusual thing that happened. So I think they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They just kind of like, okay, well, this is going to be very different. We've never done anything like this before. It's either going to work 
great or it's going to be horrible. Um, you know, and after this pandemic is finally over, if it does become over by the next season, um, and if they go forward with this, we'll know this is kind of like a test run, you know, to see if this 2014 playoff format will work. If it doesn't work, I think they will scrap it and won't do it ever again, and they might go back to the one to eight. Or they might just say, you know what, no season, no Stanley Cup this year. It is what it is. Treat it like a lockout season. It's a possibility. Um, and it only takes one person to get it in this because they're doing it in hub cities, and Toronto and Vancouver uh, are in those hub cities, and those populations are very high. Um, but it just takes one person, one player to get it, and then you know if it spreads, the playoffs are over just like that. So a lot is still on the line, uh, like you were saying, but at the same time, um, I like it overall right now. I like it. I don't really, it's like, I understand it, but I, I don't understand it almost at the same time, just cause it's really hard to follow. Yeah. Like looking at all these, we were talking about it before the show and there's so many different things that can happen. Like we can't really predict. We can like, we can predict who's going to be in the final, but we can't predict. Okay. Well this round, this team plays this team. All right. Who's going to win? Well, we don't know that until the four team, four top seeds play each other. Then we can probably we can do a prediction, right? So uh, we'll go from there. And I think earlier I said Vancouver is just clawing in. I would, couldn't be any more wrong. They are totally fine. We got seventy eight <laughs> points, so they are they are fine. Uh, I'm just so used to Vancouver being bad. I'll be totally honest, but yeah, you're right. Like Chicago, Arizona, you know, L.A., San Jose, like they're gone. Anaheim's gone. Calgary, they're doing all right, so they would have been fine. Just going through here. It's been a while since I looked at these standings. But yeah, like the Rangers in Florida, like, yeah, they're like a point apart. Montreal, 71 points. You know, like they wouldn't have made it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know they weren't too far out, hard. but they were, they were not. I mean, with all the other teams playing so well, I think it would be nearly impossible for them to get in. Chicago mm-hmm. has kind of been a team since they won those three Stanley Cups, it's kind of been on the downward trend. And I mean, obviously, yeah. like kind of similar situation to the Leafs when you pay two guys that much money, depending no matter how good they are, it's it's tough to build the team around them to get to be able to go on a playoff run. But yeah. when it comes to the top four seeds, I kind of like it because it gives Boston. I mean, Boston clearly is the best team in the Eastern Conference, but I feel like it gives a team mm-hmm. like Tampa Bay, like Philadelphia, like Washington to be able to climb back up to the standings and further better themselves to potentially go on a Stanley cup run. And I feel like it doesn't just give the Bruins like a shoe in to kind of go on yeah. a deep playoff run and be able to draw the worst team after the best of five series. Um, as for those best of five series, I think it's a really cool setup. I think it's a really fair setup. A team like Pittsburgh who plays fifth, you know, draws the Habs who are the 12th seed. But again, for Pittsburgh, it might be a little difficult for them because now they have to go on and face Carey Price in the first round, a, a rested, healthy Carey Price. Yeah. Um, the Leafs and Blue Jackets will probably be a very competitive and interesting series. And, you know, as for Carolina and the Rangers, I mean, Rob Brindamore came out with a comment the other day too saying, like, what did we grind for? Because Carolina was the one team, one of two or three teams, I think, that voted no to this whole thing and said that they were not fond of it. And he said, like, what did we just grind for? And I was kind of thinking in my head, like, do you see what's going on in this world right now? And you're worried about a playoff format in the NHL? Like, does he see the COVID-19 pandemic and people losing their jobs and their livelihoods and their businesses? And he's complaining about a playoff seed or the playoff format in the NHL? Or he's seeing what's going on in Minneapolis and across the states right now, and he's worried about the format in the NHL? 
And, I mean, they're still one of the better teams. They still draw a team like the Rangers. But then again, in Carolina's defense, the Rangers were a team that was really hot there towards the end. So, I mean, they could easily make some noise in these playoffs. And a team like Winnipeg, who Calgary draws in the best of five. I mean, Winnipeg's got a lot of scoring power and a really good goalie in Connor Hellebuck, a team that could really – but then again, Calgary has that as well. And Calgary is a very well-structured team. So, I mean, I think this creates a lot of excitement, this entire format. I think it, you know, gives teams an opportunity who didn't think that they had a chance in hell to to go on a run or to win the Stanley Cup. I think it gives them a little bit of hope, like a team like Montreal, a team like Arizona, Winnipeg, Florida, who maybe thought their seasons were kind of hanging on by a thread and then they get this kind of second life. But I can understand the the people who say, well, we should have just canceled the season and the teams that were outside of the playoff picture looking in were just kind of – it's unfortunate what happened, but you're kind of SOL like a lot of people. And yeah. But as for, you know, predicting, um, I, let's make some predictions for the first round. So in the Eastern Conference, I'm not going to predict the seeding because I think that could just really go either way from the one, bef- yeah. one to four. Let's pick yeah. the best of five who we think could come out on top in these series. So – I got Pittsburgh over Montreal in mm-hmm. four games. I got the Rangers over Carolina in five games. So that's my one upset. I got the Florida Panthers over the New York Islanders in five games as well. And I have the Leafs over the Blue Jackets in another five-game series. So I got three five-game series, and I got one four-game series in the first round. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Leafs uh, over Columbus in four games. I think – uh, I'm not going to break down every single team, but I'm just going to speak on the Leafs just because they're my team. And I'll be a little. I'm going to be biased here. The Leafs right now, ha- this is the best thing that's ever happened to them, and I'll tell you why. The reason why is because the Leafs, how many times every year in September, October, they go through their preseason, regular season starts up. They're the best. They're first place in the league for the through the first ten games. They're the, yep. for first place. They definitely get out to start. They 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 come out as you know, as hot as they can. This is a, this to them is a brand new year. They just had three, almost four months by the time this is all said and done, if it goes through off and rested players that were all banged up have rested up. There's no excuse. They have a, they're a fast team. They can score. They have a Freddie Anderson is great goalie when he's hot. He's the, he's one of the best in the world. Their defense can be shaky, but I think their scoring power with all this with all this long break is enough to get by Columbus. Um, and this, you know, this it's their season to lose because they can come out as strong as they do every single year at the start of a regular season. This, to them, is a brand new year, just like everybody else. So um, I'm going to take the Leafs in Columbus, so I thought I'd just mention that in four games. Um, I'm probably going to go with the Florida Panthers as well in five of the Islanders. I think that's going to be a very competitive series. Uh, the Rangers and Carolina, I'm going to go Carolina on that one. Um, no real reason other than I think just Carolina overall is a better team and the Rangers are still in that rebuild stage, but I think it's going to be a good one. I think it'll be a five game series as well. Uh, my upset here is going to be Montreal over Pittsburgh just straight, just because uh, you know, you look on paper, wow. it's obviously Pittsburgh is a way better team. But when Carey Price is on, he's the best goalie in the world. And I know he hasn't been 100% on since his injury um, a few years back, but he's rested a long time. He's healthy. Montreal does not have great goal scoring. I am aware of that. 
But that's going to be my biggest upset of the entire playoffs, Montreal shocking Pittsburgh. And then I think after that, they probably get eliminated. But I'm going to go with Montreal in five. Oh, God. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah Big, I, crazy, I crazy one. I, I wouldn't mean, Carey, bet on it. I wouldn't put Carey money Price on is, it. But. Carey Price is, yeah, like I agree with you, Carey Price. But Montreal is nothing other than that. Like they're not a, yeah, they're not a juggernaut team on offense. No, and, they goal I mean, scoring, but Sidney Crosby we'll still could make a case that he, he still could be the best hockey player in the world. Although people, most of us would lean Connor McDavid now, but Crosby still playing at a very high level. So is Evgeny Malkin and they're a team that I think could really shock one of those top four seeds and go on a huge playoff run um, in the Eastern conference. But for the West, I'm going to go Edmonton over Chicago in three. I'm going to have a sweep there. Um, Nashville over Arizona in four. I think the Coyotes could squeak one out. Um, But I think Nashville will take them out in four. I'm going to go Canucks over Wild in three. And I'm going to go Calgary over Winnipeg in five. Um, I like it. I I got all the favorites in the West. I think all the favorites, all the better seeds in the West will win. I had a couple upsets in the East, but yeah, I'm going to take all the favorites in the West, Edmonton, Nashville, Vancouver, and Calgary for that best of five. Um, when it comes to the, I am going to predict actually the one seed in each conference just real quick. I'm going to go Washington and Colorado for the one seeds. Yeah. And I think I the like, seeds like are going to fall from there. The only thing I would have is I'd have Boston over Washington, but Colorado. Yeah. I think Colorado, um, is going to be make some noise because Joe Sackick has done an incredible job rebuilding Phenomenal. that team. Phenomenal job. Finally, it's been a long time since Colorado has been this good. So, um, and I'd be happy for them. You know, obviously I want the Leafs to win, but if they didn't and Colorado won the cup, fine by me. That's cool. Colorado oh, deserves it. So, uh, yeah, I would go Colorado and Boston for my number one seeds. Boston's just that team. When it comes to playoff time, they just know how to play. They will hit you they will score they just wear you down and we've seen it year in and year out when they play Toronto and on paper I would say Toronto is an overall you know it's pretty close but I'd say they're a better team on paper but still Boston will upset us every year so uh Tampa I don't really know what's going on with Tampa they're kind of hit and miss after last year when they got swept by Columbus (laughs) I like last year when they got swept I couldn't you know, after that, I kind of just didn't lose respect for them, but I just lost. Like, you know what? You can do whatever you want the regular season until you win a game in the playoffs. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. So, uh, I don't know. Tampa, I, I would feel even like uh, yeah, between the way it is right now, if the Islanders and Florida Panthers play each other and whoever wins that wouldn't even give Tampa a run for their money. So, yeah. Um, I'll, go, I'll do my West my West predictions. Uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to have Winnipeg in five over Calgary. That's going to be that's a really one, good That's series. one that could go either way. Really yeah, good. that's going to that's probably going to be the best series in mm-hmm. uh, in that whole, in the whole West for the first round if it's the way it is. Calgary and Winnipeg, T- two very uh, two, big uh, skilled teams. Yeah, a lot of a lot of talent on both sides. Good goalies, good a lot of goal mm-hmm. scoring. So it'll be a good one. Uh, I'm going to be with you on Vancouver. I think Vancouver will take out uh, Minnesota. I'll take them in four. Uh, I'll take Nashville in four over Arizona. And I, I agree with you. I think Edmonton will sweep um, Chicago. Chicago's there. Yeah, like since they've won their last three cups, the last, like the third one they won, they've been definitely in a downward spiral. And Patty Kane is, is back, like he's by far their best player. And I feel he's not, he's not alone, but he's, sort of is alone like Taves hasn't really been the same in a while 
they're getting older. They need to, they're going to hit the reset button here. So I don't see them up beating at Edmonton by any means. And Dreisaitl uh, in McDavid is, that's the, those two are in, insane together. So yeah. they're a hundred point players each in the last two years. And they, they're going to light it up against Chicago. I would not doubt in any stretch of the imagination um, that McDavid and Dreisaitl get a dumb amount of points against Chicago in, in those three games. So I think it'll be a sweep for sure. Oh yeah, I absolutely do. I Chicago is the one team, especially, like I said earlier, I think they have absolutely no business being here at all. Like I know they're the three time Stanley cup champion in the 2010s. I know that they had an incredible run when Joel Quenville, especially was their coach. Yeah. And Corey Crawford is uh, I think Corey Crawford was very underrated through a couple of those cup runs. Like some people just thought, Oh, he benefited from being on a good team. No, actually I completely disagreed. I actually thought Corey Crawford was a very good goalie for the Blackhawks for quite a while there. Now he is aging. Brent Seabrook is a contract that I'm sure Chicago would just absolutely love to dump right now. That's $6.8 million (laughs) right now for the next five years or whatever it is. I think Chicago at any cost would get out of that deal if they could, because he is just on that downward trend. Um, Jonathan Taves is a guy I've respected for a long time. A guy Very who good captain, good leader. Prob- probably not quite the talent, but kind of this generation's Mark Messier for me. Kind of like yeah, a, a, a good, a really good player, but even better leader and even better locker room guy to have. Like probably the best captain in the NHL, I would say. But I feel like he is just not the guy that is going to get you over the hump. Now, Patrick Kane is still just a damn good top like six or seven player in the league. But mm-hmm. I just think Chicago as a whole team all around um, just doesn't have the legs they used to, doesn't have the depth that they once had when they won those Stanley Cups. I think they're that one team that is just going to get completely embarrassed by the Oilers in round one. I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are going to skate circles around that ice and put up probably eight or nine points in the three or four games that they play against yeah. them. And I think it's just going to be a very quick series for the Blackhawks when it's all said and done, and they're going to be on their way home first uh, against Mm -hmm. the Oilers. And, I mean, Montreal, though, your pick for Montreal, I don't think Montreal is going to be Pittsburgh at all. That's where I will completely disagree. I don't think think they're the team that stands a chance against the Penguins, but I would pick them over to beat Pittsburgh over the Blackhawks beating the Oilers. Um, That would be my pick. But if I'm going to pick a Stanley Cup champion right now, I think I might go with Pittsburgh, and I'll tell you why. Because I still think Pittsburgh has the depth. They just won back-to-back cups, what was it, three, four years ago, or two, three years mm-hmm. ago, whatever that was, the 16, 17 years. 17, and yeah. Sidney Crosby is still playing at a very high level, and he is going to have a few months of rest on his under his belt. And Evgeny Malkin is going to be refreshed and ready to go once they get back going. And Matt Murray has shown that he can play big-time goaltending in the playoffs. So I think the Penguins could be a team that maybe upset a team like the Colorado Avalanche, I'll say, in the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, potentially in a seven-game series. I think Pittsburgh could be looking at their fourth Stanley Cup in the Crosby-Malkin era. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it can happen for sure. Um, if, if Pittsburgh plays their game and the upset that I'm predicting doesn't happen, um, so if Montreal doesn't beat Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh will go on a, definitely a good run. And I, if I had to pick, it'd be probably it'd be the battle of the black and yellow, be in Pittsburgh, Boston, to go to the final. Uh, if I had to pick, but yeah, I could probably see Pittsburgh doing it. Maybe even Washington. We'll have to do another uh, predictions further in. But 
Um, if that upset doesn't happen, yeah, Pittsburgh is on paper, you know, they still have Crosby and Malkin, Latang and Murray, um, good coaching as well. So, uh, it can happen for sure. It, it's it's not crazy what, at all what you said. Um, my my uh, bold prediction, Montreal beating Pittsburgh, is probably a long one, one out of a thousand. It's just, uh, you know, Montreal is just such a weird – they're just a weird team. Like, they're like the Leafs. Like, they'll lose against teams they shouldn't lose against, but then they'll beat teams that they shouldn't beat. It, it's, they're just a weird hockey team. Montreal's a weird yeah. hockey team. They but, can be at times. Um, but I like gonna... – I like, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Oh, go ahead. Colorado, I like that in the final. That, that, I, I would have had them in my final regardless. I don't see St. Louis repeating. Um, I have Colorado. I would have Colorado in my Western final. And the fact that you already had mentioned that, so I'll, I'll go with that as well because I agree with that. Colorado is they're such a fun team to watch. And when they, ever do, when they come over to the East and they play teams in the East, I definitely like to tune in and watch because they're a fast, fun team to watch. But when they go back to Colorado, they have later games, so I don't typically watch them. But um, you know, with uh, Rantanen and McKinnon, um, that's a fun duo, man. That's a really good duo to watch. They are good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. Just to close out the podcast today, I guess it's uh, it's great to have to have a plan in place for all these leagues like the NBA, the NHL. You know, hopefully baseball can figure out something soon. It's great during this COVID nineteen pandemic that we could potentially have sports back. And uh, I'm excited that even just there's a, p- a plan in place for them to return. I know nothing's set in stone, but it's exciting to see that they're all trying to work together to find a resolution to have them come back. As a big sports fan, that excites me. And I really hope that, you know, this plan is able to come through and that we're able to have the NHL back. And I hope that the NBA is able to follow late July at Disneyland. And I really hope that baseball – in the next week or two before it's a little too late, probably are able to come to some type of an agreement because it's been a long couple months as sports fans to not have anything on the TV. And like we said earlier, yeah. I've kind of gotten a little tired of rewatching, uh, you know, past Super Bowls or past cup finals or past NBA finals, unless it's my favorite team in it. Like if I'd watch the Raptors win the title last year, I'd watch the Patriots win all six Super Bowls a million times again. But other than that, I'm sick of it. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I understand it. I understand why there's nothing going on. I know there's yeah. a bigger picture outside of sports. However, um, I would – it'd be music to my ears if something came back, something live, something – even if it's – I don't care what it is. Um, if it's even like – for me, I'm not a big basketball guy, but I would watch the playoffs. You know, I watched the Raptors run because it was a big thing here in Canada. Um, but I don't follow the NBA religiously like I do the other three sports being baseball, football, and hockey. Um, but I would be happy if anything came back at this mm-hmm. time. And the fact that the NHL has already proposed the plan, they said, okay, this, if we can, this is what we're going to do. Let's see what happens. Um, and in baseball, I think they're, what did they talk about the other, the other day, like a 60 game season or something like that. That's yeah, the new one. Some, some random, some proposals so, are going back and forth right now. They're, it's a mess in baseball right now. We're going to, yeah. we're going to another podcast this weekend. We can talk about baseball, but it's a, it's a mess right now that, that sport. And it really breaks my heart to see because that's my number one go to sport that I can't be without. And it breaks mm-hmm. my heart to see the disconnect between the players and the owners. And I think, hockey with this going on if hockey is able to restart i think it's a really good time for them and i mean i don't like people taking advantage of bad situations but it might be a really good time for hockey to grow the game more across the united states it's already succeeded 
in Canada, obviously it's our number one sport up here, but I think in the United States, there's not as many people into hockey as the other three major sports. I think it would be a good time for them to take advantage of this situation. And like I said, I don't like people taking advantage of bad situations, but you know what, for hockey during this time, it might be a great opportunity for them to grow the sport and to grow the game south of the border you know, towards more than the, like the Florida States, the California States, you know, Arizona, like places like that, where maybe yeah. it's not necessarily as big. I think it's a good opportunity for them if they're able to take the ice to grow the game and to make it bigger and to connect more with the younger audiences down there and to, and to help make hockey, you know, a little bit more competitive with the other three major sports in the States, if they are able to. Yeah, turn a negative into a positive. Make the best of what they can. And if you know if they're going to be the first professional sport to come back in North America fully, um, ex- obviously excluding WWE and UFC. I'm talking like I'm talking like the major like four core four sports being football, basketball, hockey. Um, you know those kind of sports. If they're the first to come back, okay, fine. Because uh, basketball, it's got to be getting pretty close to to have a plan to come back because their playoffs are basically on at the exact same time. So the NBA probably is not too far behind. Uh, the NFL still got lots of time because it's, you know, well, sort of it's June and they start back up in, in September. So they're, they're getting close to a plan. They got to figure out themselves and you know, mm-hmm. the plan's probably the same thing, regular season, just no fans. Uh, but if the NHL comes back, no fans, fans, whatever they got to do, as long as it's safe, I'm all for it, and I'm hoping soon, the next couple of weeks, we hear, you know, Gary Batman come out and say, all right, it's We're happening. Playing. Let's do it. We're playing. So let's see yep. what happens. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you on the weekend. All right. Sounds good. <laughs>